Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Welcome to our brand new series, Yo Mama. I've entitled this one, What Stinks? Thank you for the two people that laughed. Oh, five, that's great. Awesome. We're going to have fun in church. If you can't have fun in church, what are you doing? Come on. I don't know where you get your joy, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. How many of you could use a little more joy in your life? A little more Jesus joy in your life. Hey, eh, Derek? Come on. <laughs> awesome. So this is a series on messy church. How many of you know that church can be messy? Come on. It's like having kids. You know, this is a, a month that we celebrate mothers, so we're going to do that. We're going to honor, we're going to lift up, we're going to celebrate mothers, and we're also going to not just honor them, but we're going to celebrate the church, because the church is the bride of Christ. You see, yo mama was a a phrase used to put down moms or to put down others, right? But not here, not in this house. Mm -mm, Someone say, not here. Mm, Nope, we're going to lift mothers up, we're going to lift the church up, we're going to lift the bride of Christ up, all right? Now, I'm not sure what your childhood was like. I had an interesting one, but I was blessed. I was blessed with a mother who I loved dearly and who loved me. And I'm just going to say it, Mom, you're probably watching, but I'm the favorite. I was, uh, yep, I can claim it because I got the mic. I was the firstborn, three boys in our family, so you can bet it got messy. And with myself and then my other two younger brothers, yeah, there's a lot to clean up. And my mom was constantly getting us to pick up the mess and clean up the mess. And we lived in the country on an acreage, and we also had horses. How many know horses are messy? Yeah, so it was a lot of work to do, and mom was constantly getting us to do horse chores. Now, I grew up in southern Manitoba, and where the barn was located, we didn't have running water. So we got the joy of carrying buckets of water to the horses in minus 40 degree weather. Yeah, that'll grow you up real quick. So if any of you know water and cold weather don't mix really well. I mean, we don't really get cold weather here in BC and it never rains. So we have no understanding what that's like. But if you're trying to carry around these buckets of water, by the time I'd end up getting back, I was a human popsicle. Okay. So at first, you know, like, this was, this was one of my, like, least favorite jobs. Actually, there's one job that was my least. That was come springtime when we had to clean out the barn. You know when people say that stuff happens? Well, it happens a lot when you have horses. And if you only deal with it once a year, it piles up, piles up, piles up, and piles up. And then you get to deal with all that stuff. So come springtime, you know, and when you start to deal with it and you start to dig the deeper you dig, the worse it gets. Somebody say, what stinks? Okay, now turn to someone and say, it ain't you. <laughs> and it ain't me. All right, <laughs> good stuff. But that's kind of like life, right? If we don't deal with certain things, it starts to pile up, pile up, pile up, pile up. And it can be messy. And as soon as we start to dig and deal with what's beneath the surface, it can really smell at times. But again, our God is a God that takes messes and turns them into messages. (laughs) Come on. Come on. 
you know, my, my mom loved these horses. And at first, when the idea of having horses came in, I thought, that's pretty cool. I was quite young, and I thought, I'm going to be a cowboy. I'm going to go on adventures. I'm going to ride them off into the sunset. Well, a few years in, I desperately begged my mother to get rid of those horses. I begged her, Mom, why? Why? You know, because as beautiful as they look, they're a lot of work. Right? You already got the smelly part. Right? They're a lot of work. But, you know, they're costly. They ain't cheap to have a horse. And I couldn't figure out why would my mom would keep these horses. Now, there's, here's the other side. My mom loves her horse. Still has them today. And she spends time with them. She cares for them. She prays for them. And these horses, believe it or not, have been used to help her heal. And these horses have been used to help others We've had young men and even women come to our little ranch, and they would you believe it? Some of these men actually wanted to clean up after the horses, take care of the horses, fix the fences, and through it they found purpose and they found peace. Because God was working through all of that mess. It's much like the church, it's messy and it's a lot of work. And throughout the Bible, the church again is described as the bride of Christ. And Jesus died for us. He died for you so that you could receive healing, so that you could receive forgiveness and freedom and deal with the mess. And to him, you and I are worth it. Just like those horses are worth it to my mom, you're worth more than those horses, just so you know. But this message doesn't come without its share of mess. I love this verse, Proverbs 14, verse 4, 14, 4, of the Passion Translation says, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up, exclamation mark. It's messy. Church is messy. Jesus himself was born in a manger, born in a barn. In the midst of a mess, you will find your Messiah. So it's only fitting that where we are going, that we start and we end with Jesus. You see, he had a talk with his heavenly father about us before fulfilling his purpose and ascending to heaven. So let's see if we could get some wisdom and understanding when it comes finding meaning behind all of this mess. We're going to jump into John 17. If you got your Bibles with you, turn to John 17. I'm going to do a little plug. My notes are on you version, so you can take them. Don't criticize them. You can critique them. There's a difference. Make them your own, make them better, and share them with others. That's in you version. You'll find the Bible app as well to follow along with. I want to start in verse 11. John 17, verse 11. Jesus said, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. Keep them faithful. Your name, the name that you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. 
Here's the first thing about dealing with the mess. When dealing with the mess, we don't always get to be right, but we do need to be one. It's better to be one than it is to fight to be right. I'm going to save a lot of marriages in the house today. Come on. It's better to be one than it is to be right. This morning, the men and I studied it, and I talked a little different to the men than I'll talk to all of you. But I entitled the the message that I gave them, The Battle is One, O-N-E. The battle is one. The enemy loves to come in and create division, right? But we are called to be one. Genesis 2, it says, For this reason, a man and a woman will leave their mother and father. Two will become one. It's better be one. Jesus said there's, he talked about the name. There's power in the name. How we speak about others, how we speak about the church can either build them up or tear them down. Remember, the church is the bride of Christ. When I was putting this message together, I'm so proud to be a part of the church, the family of God. I am proud to be part of Victory Churches. I am, I am proud to be a Christian. I am proud to be a follower of Christ. And there's a lot of amazing churches out there, ladies and gentlemen. And guess what? We all do things just a little bit different. But that's okay. Because it's our difference that creates our reward. But we do need to be unified under the mission, the Great Commission. We do agree that Jesus came, he died, he rose again, he's coming back. So how we talk about the other church, just catch yourself before you wreck yourself. Or even if somebody else, you know, is is saying something about the bride of Christ, say, hey, careful, that's your mama. Be careful all you talk about your mama, right? That's my mama. (laughs) That's our mama. So there's power in the name of what we speak over others. And you're the church, by the way. It's not the building. It's you guys. We need to speak peace. Jehovah Shalom. That's Hebrew. It means the Lord is peace. The name Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. You know the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 9 verse 6 announced for us, to us, say to me, a child is born to us, to me. A son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a name. A name above every other name. He said, your name, the name you gave me. He was given the name Jesus. In verse 13, Jesus says to the Father, I am coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy. The full measure. This morning as I was in my devotions and I had to go to the drawer for something that probably had to do with coffee because I drink it every now and then, my confession. Uh, But I went in there, my wife has all these beautiful measuring cups in there and and I was saying to the men this morning you know a lot of us don't really grasp the full measure of God's love the full measure of God's joy we're going around reaching and grasping for other things that are kind of counterfeit they might leave you joyful in the moment but they don't last they're not everlasting they're not the Jesus joy and it's kind of like reaching and grabbing just half a tablespoon of joy 
as opposed to a full measure. You see, a full measure of, of God's joy is so much you can't contain it. You know when somebody's got the Jesus juice, right? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, joy. They've got like, dude, what are you on? Jesus. I'm on Jesus. And it's got, I got so much Jesus in me, I cannot contain it. It wasn't designed just to flow to me, but flow through me. You want some of that, Jesus? <laughs> it's not mine to keep to myself. But we can be in a world full of mess and still miss the experience, the full measure of joy through Jesus. You see, Jesus was talking to his disciples and those of us that choose to follow him, we are his disciples. It is our discipline. It's the root word in discipleship, discipline. It is our discipline that enables us to persevere with both purpose and passion. It's those disciplines that shape your habits. It's those habits that shape your horizon. Are you with me? Discipleship. And to live life to the fullest, even when we get to shovel and sift through all the layers of stuff, you can still have joy. You can still have joy. What you perceive is what you receive. You can still have joy. It can be messy on the outside. But it can be clean and exciting on the inside. <laughs> Are you with me? Verse 13. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of this world any more than I am of this world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that we be taken out of the world, but that you, Lord, protect them from the evil one. My second point is, God didn't take you out of the world, so don't let the world take you out. I don't think you got that one. God didn't take you out, so why are you letting the world take you out? Why are you receiving it? How many times does the Lord have to tell you, return back to sender? If it didn't come from God, you don't have to receive it. Depression, anxiety, fear, return back to sender. Right? Jesus said, because of the word, the world hates us. This is where it gets messy. That means there's going to be pain in the midst of pleasure. I've not yet met somebody that hasn't had a child without some sort of pain or pressure. It's like you, you, you can't for those of you that wanted to be real cowboys, you can't just ride a horse and expect every, someone else to take care of it. That's not a real cowboy. You might own that ho horse, but do you really have authority? Do you really know that horse? Does that horse know you? It's not until you have to clean up after the horse, you really get to know each other. <laughs> Just like you can't have a baby and expect someone else to take care of that child. It's messy. Right, Max? He's nodding. My youngest son is in the front row. He's getting it. And the church is a family. You, you know, relationship is going to come with struggle. We get that. There will be feelings of hurt. Even sometimes we'll experience feelings of hate. Hate isn't of God. But remember who the real enemy is. 
For we are not at war against flesh and blood, but against principalities of the Spirit. Let's not name call, not that anyone ever would name call in here. And if we're going to call on any name, let's call upon the name of the Lord. Come on. (laughs) The name above every other name, and that name is Jesus. I'm telling you, let's not let Satan diss our courage. It's not his to diss, just like it's not his to diss our church and to diss the bride of Christ. Don't let him diss your courage. But let us put courage in where it's needed, where protection is needed, that comes through the Prince of Peace, Christ. You see, because the word will always triumph over this world. And I know I'm leaning on the word of God, but remember, the word is Jesus. For in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. 1 John 1, the word. You know, and then Jesus prays for all believers in in verse 20. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone, talking about his disciples, Disciples, not the disciples alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be, may it also be so that the world may believe that you sent me. How? By our oneness, by unity. It is our belief that will overcome our biggest battle if we believe the importance to be one. We all experience battles. The outcome will be determined by what, and most importantly, who we believe in. Believe in Jesus. You see, church is not about following a crowd. Church is about following Christ. There will always be something, trust me, to disagree on. But we can all agree that alignment comes before assignment. We align with Jesus. Our belief and our obedience is to him. His ministry was done and will be done through mess. He came not for the healthy, but for the sick. He did not come to call on those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners and in need to repent. So let's keep the main thing, the main thing. He came, he died, he rose again, and he's coming back. Would you stand with me? Verse 22 and 23, it says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Imagine if, church, Imagine if we chose not to compromise on complete unity. Imagine if we fought to be one 
instead of fighting to be right. We would no longer let the pressure of society move us from our calling in Christ. A God-sized vision is always greater than division. Despite the mess, we keep on living, we keep on sharing the message in the midst of the mess. God's glory was given so that you can move towards unity. Unity with God and unity with others who are called according to his purpose. Our mission requires us to love God and to love others. That's a non-negotiable. Love is a verb. Love is an action. Love is serving others above ourselves. It is honoring others above ourselves. In a world that is divided, others will know that we are his disciples, his followers, by our one direction. Love. God is love. And it's the way that we show that love to one another. So the takeaway I have for you guys is this. Don't get caught up in all the mess and miss the message. Don't get caught up in the mess and miss the message. And the verse that I want us to to think upon, to meditate on, to get it in your heart is that Proverbs 14.4. You only clean stables an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to what? Clean up. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your message today. We thank you, Lord, for the relevance that it has, that it is more than information but revelation. Thank you, Lord, that you take us just as we are, that while we were still sinners, that you died for us. That mess, to deliver this message. Thank you for coming and touching and healing the sick and touching us right now. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, direct us. Help us to show grace and mercy. And be willing to receive as much as we are willing to give. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you've been struggling with mess, you've been struggling with getting through the mess, maybe on the outside you look like you got it all together but you know there's other stuff going on that you need help with. There's only one person that can truly turn messes into messages, and that's our Messiah, that's Jesus. And it's important that when dealing with the mess that we talk about it, that we go to the right person. Always complain up. For he says to cast our cares upon him, our anxiety upon him, if we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, that he will lift us up. But the whole reason Jesus came was for revelation, was for relationship. That's the revelation, not religion, for relationship. And Paul said in Romans 10, verse 9, if we believe in our hearts that God the Father raised his son from the grave and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. And so I want to do that right now. Every time we gather, 
we create an opportunity for this. This is the moment. This is your moment. Let's turn that mess into a message. All heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you just repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like to deal with mess. I know what it's like to deal with sin. Would you please forgive me? I'm ready. I believe that you chose to die for me. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart? Would you be Lord over my life? Would you cleanse me? Would you wash me of all of my sins? <laughs> I thank you that today is a new day with you in Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment. All heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, inviting the Messiah to step in to whatever your mess looks like, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you just give me a thumbs up in the room and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. This is what it's about. We're going to have mess. But thank God for the mess. Because there's a Messiah in the midst of the mess. And I'm telling you, your test has become your testimony. Let's give God some praise in the house today. Come on, let's give God some praise in the house today. We're going to continue to worship and press in so you can remain standing. And here at College Street, we every Sunday, we lift a lid on the stage because we fill a tank with water out of faith. We fill it out of faith because we are commissioned. I like what Pastor Rudy turned to one of our leaders this morning and he said, hey, you want to split the commission? <laughs> That's cute, eh? You want to do it together? Well, we're in this together. This is the family business, and we are commissioned in the Great Commission to make disciples going into all the world and baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey His commands. And surely He is with you always. So every Sunday you show up, God shows up. And we get out of the way so He can step in. And if you want to step in today, I'll tell you what baptism is about. When we go under the water, it says that we are buried with Christ. We are baptized with him. When we come up out of the water, we are resurrected with Christ. Just like when he went to the grave and died for our sins, we leave it all in the water, okay? And we come up, we are resurrected with him. We leave it behind. Sin no longer has authority over us. Again, will you struggle with sin? Oh, yeah, you will. But trust me, you're still going to have God's super in your natural longer has authority over you. So if that's you and you haven't been baptized, or maybe you have when you were younger and you didn't get to choose, or you weren't even sure what it was about, you don't need an excuse to come to Jesus and to come to baptism. You just come forward.
teams got towels, clothes, all that stuff, it would be an honor. Otherwise, let's worship God and let's press in. One more song, let's do it. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.